Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. The UK Conservative Party has introduced an anti-BDS legislation to prevent local governments from interfering in the UK foreign policy as well as clamp down on anti-Semitism. So, will the bill be passed, and what are the implications of it if it is? There is no one better to answer these questions than sociologist Dr. David Hirsch, senior lecturer at Goldsmiths University of London, and academic director and CEO of the newly established London Centre for the Study of Contemporary Antisemitism. Dr. Hirsch, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me. Pleasure, hi, Sharice. Always a pleasure. It's lovely to have you back on the show. And um, before we start, how is your new centre of anti-Semitism going? Oh, it's um, the, the philosophy really is build it and they will come. Um, thinking more about uh, uh, funding than people because people are coming. Um, we've been doing lots of things. We've been building networks of scholars and we've been building a big community of people around us who um are supportive and who are giving us ten pounds a month and we've been doing seminars and conferences and uh a few contracts for the the, the home office and teaching and uh very excitingly uh we have a book series which is um the first book is coming out just about now which is a book by Matthias Kunzel. Um, we have three books literally on the way and then hopefully a, a whole load more afterwards. We are loving and nurturing the Journal of Contemporary Antisemitism. So we're busy. Dr. Hirsch, the new bill is aimed at biting antisemitism. What is the current status of it and what is its history? Well, we would hope it was aimed at fighting antisemitism. I'm not 100% sure what it's actually aimed at. Um, the form of the bill is more a kind of internal British wrangle over local government, really. So the bill prohibits um, any public bodies that are not central government from uh, making decisions um, in relation to its buying of things, its procurement, um, based on any kind of political criteria. So the government is saying all of you local councils and universities and other people, um, the, get back in your lane. This is not your business. So, so it's not a bill about antisemitism really. And it's not a bill about, about how government should relate to, to human rights abuses abroad and who it should buy from and who it shouldn't buy from. It's really a bill about saying to local government, um, we're going to take this off you. I mean, look, there's an argument about that, which is that uh, foreign policy is done centrally, <laughs> is done by um, government. The, the problem with that, from my point of view, partly is that boycotting Israel is not foreign policy, it's home policy. Um, and it does relate to anti-Semitism here at home and uh just kind of prohibiting it and it, there was a sort of quite a draconian clause in it too which said that no local government uh body can institute a boycott but also they can't even say that they would like to if there was no law prohibiting it um and there's a feeling and I'm not really sure but there's a feeling around that the bill could have been drafted um in a much more inclusive way 
so that opponents of BDS from all parties and in particular people who wanted BDS kind of stopped from all parties could vote for it. But it was drafted in a way, I think, which uh, made it quite difficult for Labour MPs to vote for it. And therefore, there's a worry that that it was drafted as a political wedge issue rather than as a uh, a way of dealing with um BDS. And of course, you know, from my point of view, I'm not sure how much good you can do in the whole BDS sort of debate by just banning it because the real harm about, BD- about BDS, I think, is the creation of ways of thinking. The creation of Israel as, as a, a sort of unique evil on the planet that must be um, excluded from universities and from the the, uni- the universe of sport and culture and theatre and business, and it makes Israel into a kind of unique evil and a symbolic evil. And then having the sort of wicked Tories just banning it doesn't really uh, impact on that at all. If not, if it's not counterproductive. Um, Dr. Hirsch, I see that three cities have adopted BDS legislation. Would this at least counter that kind of formal attempts to boycott Israel? Yeah. Well, as I said, I'm ambivalent. I'm not, um, I'm not against it in principle. I think, um, you know, BDS is, is really bad for, for reasons that we could go into at some length. And uh, I have no objection in principle to government moving uh, to make that much more difficult. Um, but uh, my guess is that those um, boycotts make very little material difference, but they make quite a lot of um, difference in, in people's ways of thinking and cultures. Um, and that this won't have as much impact on that as one would like. Um, I think that the, uh, there was, the opposition to the bill was so strong, I think, and Labour put forward a, uh, a kind of, um, radical amendment to try and change the bill, not to, uh, vote against it or destroy it, but to change it. And I think what, what they tried to do was to institute a, a set of, a requirement that there should be a consistent criteria for, um, local councils taking positions on these things. So you can't just kind of single out Israel as, as you know, the evil, but you have to say, you have to set out your policy and your criteria and on what basis are we going to boycott? Um, um, I mean, you know, I'm not altogether uh, um, unsympathetic if, if a local council, I don't know, imagine a local council was making a decision between two computer systems uh, you know, one from Taiwan and one from China. I, I'd be quite open to being persuaded to buy the Taiwanese one. I suppose, I suppose the question then is, would you buy the Taiwanese one if the Chinese one was a little bit better? But, but, you know, I'm not clear that that was a terrible thing. Um, and of course, a lot of the speeches were harking back to the, the nostalgia for the, the, the boycott of South Africa and, and there is a lot of nostalgia around that and a lot of fuzzy thinking, a lot of people giving it more weight than, you know, than it actually had and, and sort of actually taking the victory of, over apartheid really away from 
South Africa and away from the trade union movement in South Africa and away from, you know, the mass democratic movement and, um, and also forgetting that, that apartheid fell straight after the Cold War ended. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of fuzzy thinking, a lot of nostalgia. And uh, honestly, watching the debate in parliament was really uncomfortable for me. And I, and I didn't like, honestly, I didn't, I mean, Corbyn spoke and the Corbynites and of course they were pretty awful. But the Tories in general were pretty awful too, a lot of them. And it may, I was watching it and just, it was just sort of a little bit cringe and I just wanted them to stop talking about us. <laughs> I just wanted them to stop talking about Israel, which they don't understand and Jews and the impact on Jews. And I did have a little bit of a feeling that there was a lot of using this issue to perform your political identity rather than really knowing what you're talking about and, and having some way of intervening in the situation in a positive way. Dr. Hirsch, you mentioned that this, you, you got the feeling this was more an internal political tool and um, there had been talk about it trying to divide Labour. Uh, you, you spoke about Corbyn speaking what has the effect of it been on the Labour Party specifically? Well, Corbyn, of course, um, watch me smile, is not a Labour MP anymore. He's been, um, he's had the whip taken away from him some time ago. Um, and there will be a Labour candidate standing against him in his constituency. The Labour Party has been making strides towards changing the culture, the political culture changing the leadership, changing the structures of the party. And they've been making a lot of progress. So it it didn't really help uh, the fight against anti-Semitism within the Labour Party to propose a bill that, that didn't create a divide inside that division. The speeches from the Labour front bench were pretty good. Um, you know, they said... We don't support this sort of these quite draconian measures taken against local governments, nothing to do with it. But, um, we do support a consistent set of criteria by which we make, uh, decisions about buying and selling and trading on the basis of, um, human rights abuses and other foreign policy issues. We make those consistently and reasonably which of course is specifically what BDS doesn't do. Um, so consistency and reasonableness is, is kind of death to BDS, I think. <laughs> Dr. Hirsch on that, um, consistency, reasonableness, death to BDS. You, you started off by saying that you're not sure legislation is the best way in dealing with BDS and mentioned that the actual impact on Israel would be limited, but the emotional impact on the Jewish community is huge. And that's something that we in South Africa also kind of are dealing with constantly. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's very interesting, actually. So maybe I could rephrase that a little bit more carefully. Is I, I think there are lots of, and, and there are lots of legal and policy things that can be done about anti-Semitism and about anti-Zionism. But they always leave me feeling a little bit cold. And it's not that I don't support them and it's not that I don't want them done. It's just that they don't really grasp the full kind of craziness of, of 
how people feel about Israel and what they say about Israel and, you know, the extraordinary things that the extraordinary claims that get made, um, you know, the idea that, um, uh, the, the Minneapolis police force needed teaching how to kill an, an African American man, uh, by the Israelis or, or the idea that, that, um, <laughs> That people like me or, or Jewish students are, are quote assets of Israel or, or the, you know, people who have a whole worldview that puts Israel at the very center of everything that goes on. And um, the idea that you can't understand Ukraine and the conflict in Ukraine except for through Israel. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, we're seeing all of this around at the moment. And, um, so I'm really concerned about how easy it is for people to have functionally anti-Semitic frame, intellectual frameworks and politics and ways of thinking. I mean, the Labour Party is quite an interesting example because the Labour Party, the new leadership has really cleared out, cleared out the leadership. It doesn't say anti-Semitic things anymore. Uh, it doesn't embrace anti-Semitic politics anymore. And the, the structures that um, address anti-Semitism also are pretty well cleaned out. But the Labour Party still sits on this quite big sea of left liberal common sense, which says that, you know, Israel is um, central to everything bad in the world and is symbolic of everything bad in the world. And uh, uh, the word apartheid is used, you know, not in any analytical sense, not in any serious sense of understanding uh, what's happening in the West Bank or understanding you know, who some of the people in the new government are not so new anymore. Apartheid is not used in that sense. Or if it's used in that sense, it's, it immediately becomes just a kind of big, uh, um, a big, big picture issue. I don't think that's the right word, but it, it becomes a way of saying Israel is illegitimate, is unique, is awful. And must be excluded from the community of humankind. <laughs> so a lot of the things which kind of appear rational or appear based on some kind of evidence, the way they then gain a life in discourse, in, in, you know, in actual campaigns, in actual ways of thinking is really quite frightening. So what I'm trying to say is that I'm not against, you know, laws and rules and practices in the Labour Party, on campus, in government, all of that is good. But my own real interest is attacking anti-Semitism at, at the root, at the heart of the fire. And that can only be done by addressing how people think about it, why they think about it like that, and what are the effects of them thinking of, about it like that. And that really, that explains my work. My work is to build the London Centre for the study of contemporary anti-Semitism is to understand contemporary anti-Semitism. Not, it's not my expertise to, to think of clever rules to make anti-Semitism easier to, easier to kind of marginalize or to fight or to prohibit. My work is to get to the very core of, you know, the intellectual underpinnings of contemporary anti-Semitism, find out what they are, understand them and challenge them. Um, so my own perhaps coolness about the legal stuff is a little bit conditioned by my enthusiasm to uh, 
point to, to get to the really to the heart of what's going on. Dr. we are going to have to have you back to talk specifically on that, a topic in and of itself. Thank you so much for joining me. And, yeah, certainly here in South Africa, we'll be watching what happens with this bill with great interest because what affects you affects us too. So thank you very much for for shedding the light. Um, That was Dr. David Hirsch, Senior Lecturer at Goldsmiths University of London and Academic Director and CEO of the London Centre for the Study of Contemporary Antisemitism.